Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. Today we're going to speak about values to live by. Values to live by. We have began a theme on the importance of values, beliefs, and treasures. You remember last week I've opened up the subject on the importance of values, godly values. There are two sets of values, as I have mentioned to you last week. The one is of God. It's a godly value system that is based on God's righteousness. The other is based on the desires of the fallen nature, and that is the worldly value system. We as believers ought to live by a godly value system. Amen? We talked about how important godly values are in our lives, that they form the foundation of our Christian faith and our spiritual development. The more honorable your values are, the more honorable you are. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 21, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Treasure meaning what you treasure in life, what you value, what you consider as highly important in your life, your heart, your devotion, your pursuits in life, your goals, will always gravitate around those values. Amen? Every single one of us lives by a certain value system. You may be aware of it, you may not be aware of it. But as believers, we need to strive and adopt the values that God values. So we need to ask ourselves, what is valuable in God's sight? What does God value as important in life? Because there are things that this world treasures or values that in the eyes of God have no value whatsoever. In fact, Jesus said, what is praiseworthy in the eyes of man, or what man esteems highly, it is an abomination in the eyes of God. Amen? So we also learned that our values, or rather our beliefs, shape our values. What you believe is important, that to you is valuable. So your beliefs and my beliefs will establish my value system. Amen? And, of course, our values will shape our character. And then our character will shape our conduct and behavior. Therefore, values are a set of beliefs, as we talked about last week, and practices that we treasure and consider to be 
of high importance in our lives. And those values, of course, form the foundation for the way in which we live our lives. Amen? In other words, our values will determine how we relate to God how we relate to one another, how we relate to our spouses, how we relate to our family, how we relate to our Christian brethren, and, of course, how we go about our business in every arena of life. Now, today I want to share two of the values that are so highly important in my own life. I decided to speak on values that I live by, the values that I have tested, the values that I have walked with for more than 40 years. And I want to share some of my testimony as I go along. Every year when we come to this time of the year, I, I celebrate my rebirth. You know, your spiritual rebirth is far more important than your natural rebirth. I don't remember my natural rebirth. They told me I was born again on a certain day. I don't remember it. I don't recollect it. I was too young. But I do remember my spiritual rebirth. And, and for me, that's the one I would like to celebrate and rejoice over. It was a marvelous experience. Was it the same with you? And those of us who have tasted the love and the goodness of the Lord, especially if you were right down in the gutter and God found you, then you know what it's like to taste the love, the forgiveness, and the kindness of our Lord. So two of the most prized values that I hold dear in my life and by which I have lived now for over 40 years are faithfulness and obedience to the Lord being faithful to the Lord and obedient to His Word, to His will, and to His voice. Matthew 25, verse 21, Jesus is speaking about the faithful servant, and He says, His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. The Bible says that promotion does not come from the east or from the west, nor from the north or the south, but from the Lord. And I will say this to you. If you are faithful to the Lord, there is no man, no devil, no demon in hell that can stop your promotion or your reward. This servant was found faithful in a few things and God said, I will make you a ruler over many things. Amen? The first time I heard these words from the Master's lips, I know I've read it in the Bible many times, but I've never heard the Lord whisper those words to my heart. It was in the year of 1990, as I was walking upstairs, we, we had a double-story house in Masvingo, Zimbabwe. And as I, I will never forget that moment that God whispered these words to my spirit. I was walking upstairs, and I heard the Lord say to me, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. 
you have been faithful over a few things, I will make you ruler over many things. He said that in response to the ministry that I was in at that time of an evangelist. For seven years, I have evangelized the Greek community in Zimbabwe. I went around all of the Greek communities in Zimbabwe and preached the gospel only to the Greek people in their own language. And, and, and I did that in the midst of fierce persecution. It was not easy. I faced a lot of persecution from the, established, the religious establishment to the, to the extent where at times I feared for my own life to enter into a town because I received threats that they were going to do me harm. And at the end of the seven-year period, the Lord spoke to me and He said, the time is up for you to leave this country. I am going to move you into another country. And it was at that time where I heard the Lord speak these words, you have been faithful. You've done what I have commanded you to do. You stood your ground. You didn't compromise. You didn't walk away. You did what I have commanded you to do. Well done. Believe me, those words fueled my faith. It encouraged me greatly enough to take the necessary steps of faith and begin my family's journey towards South Africa where we were instructed to go. The Lord said, sell your business, move out south. He didn't specify where south, he just said south. Believe me, it takes great faith to step into the unknown, not knowing where you're going. Especially if you are a father and, and you have a family, you have small children, and God says to you, now sell your business, sell the very source of your income, and step out and move south, and you do not know where your next paycheck is going to come from. You base that simply and purely on the Word of God. That's faith. I was reminded of Abraham, where the Lord said, leave your home, leave your family, leave your father's house, and all that you know, and go to a place where I will show you. Now, Hebrews chapter 11 says, Abraham went out, and he did not know where he was going. <laughs> Today, we want to know every turn, every corner, what we're going to find, what we're going to be doing over there. That's not faith. And you know, many times the Lord will test you. You say you believe, but you know faith without works is dead. Amen? You've got to have some kind of works of obedience, works that are birthed out of the commandment that the Lord has given you. Amen? That's faith. Now, I have learned from the Word of God as well as from my own experience that God will always, I say always, reward our faithfulness and our obedience to Him. Always. But you know what? He does not always reward when we want that reward or when we expect it. God doesn't always pay on Friday. And He doesn't always pay every month end. It could, it could take a long time before that reward comes. But He always will reward 
faithfulness, and obedience. And I believe faithfulness, being faithful to the Lord, is one of the qualities He looks for in a person. And when He finds it, He rewards that person with His overwhelming kindness and His goodness. Being faithful to the Word of the Lord, being faithful to God in every circumstance of life, being faithful to our spouses, faithful to our employers, faithful to those who put the trust in us, is one of the most honorable values or qualities you will ever find in a person. Amen? Come on, help me here, please. Being faithful. Now, here are some of the definitions of the word faithful. Strict or thorough in the performance of duty. That's one definition. Faithful worker. Another definition. Being true to one's word and promises or vows. You make a promise, you keep that promise. You make a vow, you keep that vow. That's faithfulness. Another definition, steady in allegiance or affection. Loyal, constant, faithful friends. It's so difficult to find such people today. It's so difficult to find long-lasting relationships today, even in the church. People are unfaithful. They're covenant breakers. They break their promises just like that. Over one word, over one deed. They forget all the other good deeds and they remember that one negative thing. And they break relationships. Another definition is being reliable, trusted, or believed. Adhering or true to fact, a standard, listen to this, or an original. That's another definition of the word being faithful. Being original, not a copy. Being true to your word. Keeping your promises. And I know more than once, God came to my rescue when I, was, when I was at my weakest, when the trials of life and ministry pushed me right against the wall, right against to my limits, where there was no way out whatsoever, God showed up, showering me with His goodness, showing me again and again with His acts of kindness that he does reward and will always reward my faithfulness and my obedience to him. And he will do the same for you. Because God is no respecter of persons. The reason I'm sharing these values today is that I hope that you make these values as part of your own value system. That you live by these values. That you treasure these values that you measure your walk with God and with others by these very standards. Am I faithful to the Lord? Am I obedient to His voice? 
Have I done what he has instructed me to do? Well, some people say, well, God hasn't spoken to me, Pastor, like he's spoken to you. Well, God speaks to every single one of us if we have ears to hear. When you read the Bible, God is speaking to you. Amen? His word is full of instructions. We have no excuse to say, well, God is not speaking to me. He does. Amen? I recall when we sold our business in Zimbabwe, and by the word of the Lord we moved down to Cape Town to pioneer among the Greek people a Greek fellowship. You know that this used to be known as the Greek Christian Assembly many years ago. We were given a piece of land, this piece of land, by the municipality of Pinelands at a very, very low price. I recall it was in the year, I think, 92 or 91, where this land became available and three churches applied. And uh, we, we actually put in our tender, and it was the lowest of the other two. It was about 11,000 rand. <laughs> you can never buy a square meter for 11,000 rand today in Pinelands. Well, for one reason or another, the Lord decided to give us that piece of land. <laughs> and, and we thank God for it. But there was a condition to that. If we fail to develop this land within the space of three years, the municipality would take it back and they would not refund us. We would lose it. And you know what they say to us? You are the third church over the years that we have sold this land to, and the previous two churches were unable to develop it, and they took it back. And if you fail, they say to us, we will never again give this land to a church. <laughs> well, our membership at that time was made up of a handful of Greek people. And in the process of time, as I prayed and sought the Lord, I heard the word of the Lord come to me, saying you need to open up your fellowship or the church to all nationalities, not just Greek people. At that time, I was ministering in the Greek language. We did everything in the Greek language. Now the word of the Lord comes and he says, I want you to open it up to all nations because you're not in Greece, you're not in Cyprus, you are in Cape Town, and Cape Town is a multinational cultural city. So I obeyed. Well, to my amazement and disappointment, not many of my Greek members were happy about that. They got upset. They got offended. They started accusing, oh, you lost the vision, Pastor. We brought you here for a Greek fellowship, and now you're opening it up. You're preaching in English, and all of these other people are coming in. We're not so happy about that. So one by one, they started leaving. In other words... Some of them even gave me an ultimatum. If you don't change the direction, we're going to leave. Now, what do you do? I have no other means of income. I have a few members that are Greek. They got upset. I came to a decision. I had to make a decision. Either to go with God or to cower in 
give in to the people, compromise the Word of God, and do what they wanted me to do. Well, I didn't. Thank God I didn't. Thank God I didn't. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here today. <laughs> this building wouldn't be here today. I recall it was just a few weeks before our deadline was up. Out of nowhere, a, business, a businessman comes along that I hardly knew, maybe for a few weeks, and he finances most of the cost of the building as well as oversee the whole project. And in a matter of four months, we had this building up, fully paid for, furnished, and everything, owing no man anything. <laughs> and the Lord spoke to me. This is what he said to me. I'll never forget it. He said, because you have obeyed me, and because you have remained faithful to my word, I have rewarded you with the finest building you could wish for. Did you hear that, folks? Now, today you hear it, but you were not in the, in the fierce battle that I was in. Believe me, it was tough. When the businessman came with that offer... I ran around the house. It was about 9 o'clock in the evening. Woke up everyone. I don't know if Stephen remembers it, but definitely my eldest daughter remembers it. I ran around the house, woke everybody up, shouting, Hallelujah, glory to God. God has given me a sign of His goodness. That was when I discovered those words in the Bible. In Psalm 86 and verse 17 says, Show me a sign of your evident goodwill and favor that those who hate me may see it and be put to shame because you, Lord, will show your approval of me when you help and when you comfort me. That was when I discovered that verse of Scripture in the book of Psalms. So often now I pray that for my friends, especially those who are faithful and they are going through a difficult time. I say, Lord, show them a sign of your goodness. Let them know, Father, how much you care and how much you love them. Friends, I don't care what you're facing right now. My aim is to encourage you today to be faithful to the Lord. I don't care what you're going through. I know this, that if you remain faithful to the Lord and His Word, you will see and experience the goodness of the Lord in your life. And when God rewards, He does not reward like man rewards. He rewards abundantly. And let me say this, it's not always in monetary terms. The other day, Stephen and I were in the car, and we were talking about the things of the Lord and what God is doing and, and thanking God for various things. And, and Michael and my relationship with Michael came uh, on the, in the conversation, and Stephen said something to me that struck my spirit. You know, you hear some things sometimes, even from the mouth of someone else, and there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a spiritual light bulb going in with, within your spirit. He said, Dad, don't compare every relationship like the one you have with Michael, because that is very rare. You don't find it so often. 
And believe me, father and son, spiritual father and spiritual son, I have seen so many pastors and, and, and associate pastors being hurt, split in the church. I mean, it's so disappointing. And when Stephen said that to me, this is Ray, Dad, don't compare relationships like that. And the next day I thought about it. Ray, I heard the whisper of the Spirit once again. He said, son, Michael is a gift from me because of your faithfulness service all of these years that you walked with me. It makes you cry, get emotional. God's gifts and God's rewards, they far supersede this world's rewards. God will bring people into your life that will bless you, that will enrich your life, that will add value to your life simply because you have been faithful and obedient to do what the Lord has instructed you to do. I am forever thankful to the Lord for my wife, for my children, my grandchildren, for the friends that he have brought into my life. I look at our congregation, very few, very rare, uh, some have remained over the years. But those that have remained are treasures. I treasure them, I value them, and often I tell them so. They are special, special people because of the faithfulness and their obedience to the Lord. And it wasn't always easy, and it's not always easy. Now, the word of the Lord encourages us again and again not to give up, but to continue in well-doing. Do what is right regardless whether you get rewarded from people or not. Your reward comes from God. And nothing is overlooked by God. The word of the Lord says God is not unjust that he should forget the labor of your love. God sees every little deed. Jesus said you give a glass of water to one of those who are called to be my disciples, you will in no wise lose your reward. Men may not acknowledge it. Men may not recognize what you do. But God always sees and rewards. Nothing goes unnoticed. Galatians 6, 9 says, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Now, God has due seasons for rewarding our faithfulness and our obedience to Him. And as I said, it's not every Friday, it's not every month end. But there is a season for you if you remain faithful and do not get discouraged and walk away. Amen? And I know this. The Lord will test you. He will test your faithfulness and He will test your faith. God tested Abraham's obedience. He tested his faith. And God will test you. The devil will tempt to destroy you, but God will test to strengthen you. He will allow you to be pushed against the wall. 
and you think that there is no way out, where the, the, the trial is so overwhelming, it is in those times where God looks at your heart and makes you aware of what you're made of, whether you're going to obey or you're going to give in and compromise. He will push us. He will allow us to be pushed to our limits, but He will always come through if we do not give up. Hebrews 10.35 says, Cast not away therefore your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. Over and over again, God encourages us to remain faithful, to do well, for in due season, we will inherit His promises. Now, I feel I need to share this testimony as well because it bears witness. And I didn't want to share a value with you, that I, a value that I just, just have it on a piece of paper or I read it in the Bible. I wanted to share a value with you, one that I've practiced and lived by, and I stand before you today to give you testimony. How encouraging is to testify of what God has done in our lives. Others will see it and be encouraged because they will say, if God can do it for that guy, he can do it for me as well. Giving testimony is, is part of our worship to God. Jesus said, go home, the man whom he had delivered from the legion, go home and show, testify. Tell them of what God has done for you. How many of us are doing that today? Testifying. Do you have a testimony? Share it. The more you share it, the more gracious God will become to you. Amen? The more you realize what God has done for you. Now, I'm not here standing here boasting. I'm telling you what I've experienced in my life as I have obeyed the Lord when He given me an instruction. A number of years ago, the word of the Lord came to me saying, go to Cyprus and sort out your relationship with your brother and your father. Fix it. And then he said, be willing to take the blame. Do whatever it takes. Give whatever they ask. Don't excuse yourself. Take the blame for where the relationship is. Do whatever is in your power, but don't come back until you mend your relationship with your brother and your father. At that time, my relationship with my father and my brother was at its lowest. And I was given an instruction. Go and sort it out. I went. Trusting God to lead me. to I don't know what I was expecting, and in one of our conversations, my brother, when I asked him, hey, I said to him, what will it take for you to forgive me of the perceived wrongs you perceive I've wronged you? I take the blame. See, my brother suffered from schizophrenia for many years. He was in and out the hospitals. He would call me in the middle of the night sometimes, uh, threatening that he would commit suicide. And we were in Masvingo, Zimbabwe at that time. And that was bringing a whole lot of disturbance 
to my relationship in the home, to my wife and my kids. Because then I would jump into the car and go down to South Africa because my mom and dad were not here and be able to sort this thing out. He would, at times the police would lock him up because he threatened, he became violent and all of that. If he didn't take his medication, he would become very violent. So this whole thing caused a lot of turmoil in my family. And one day the Lord said to me, if you do not draw the line and shield your heart from this, your marriage, your relationship in the home, it's going to be damaged. So I had to make a stand. Now that to him was an offense. He would say, you cared for me before. Now you don't care. You don't love me anymore. And you know how when people suffer from this evil thing, they, they, they hallucinate, they imagine things that are not really there. So when I asked him, what will it take for you to forgive me? He said, sign over your inheritance that belongs to you from my mom and dad. I said, I'll do it with gladness and pleasure. He broke down, he wept. I broke down, I wept. We hugged each other and we cried like little children. I only have one brother, had one brother, no sister. And when I left, he sent me a letter saying, I had a dream. And in the dream, I was in this dark room. There was no light. And I kept bumping into things. And you came, and you switched the light on. And when you switched the light on, light filled the room, and I could see where I was going. You know, you could say, I bought my forgiveness. Yes, I did. But my relationship with my brother meant more to me than any amount of money or lands or anything. I didn't know then. Listen to me, folks. When God says something to you, do not delay your obedience. Do it and do it immediately. Within five years, I've lost my brother, I've lost my dad, and I've lost my mom. All three of them gone died. Sometimes I wonder, what if I had disobeyed? You have relationships that are broken? Hear what the Word of the Lord says. If you come to bring your offering at the altar, and there you remember your brother has ought against you, your sister has ought against you, leave there your gift and go and be reconciled. And stop trying to excuse yourself. We want to be right. But what did I do? I didn't do. But in his eyes, you did something wrong. So you want to be right or you want to be reconciled? What's important? And you know what? What I have given up all came back to me plus much more than that. Are you listening to me? Today I have a house in my village that I did not build, that was given to my brother. I have a vehicle that I did not buy, and I'm using all that now to do the work of the Lord. It pays to obey. It does not cost. Amen? Because it will cost you far more if you disobey. 
take the blame if you have to, and the responsibility, and sort out our relationships, because relationships in the eyes of God are very, very valuable. Amen? Praise the Lord. Are you still with me? All of these things came out of one act of obedience and faithfulness to the Lord's instruction. Go and mend your relationships with your family and do whatever is asked of you. It takes humility to take the blame and take the responsibility, even if it's not your fault. And it takes a lot of courage. Amen. Now, what has the Lord been saying to you lately? Hmm? What has He instructed you to do? And have you obeyed? I know that if I don't, immediately I start reasoning. Did God really say that? Well, well, definitely the devil wouldn't say that. <laughs> Amen? Faithfulness and obedience are highly honorable in the eyes of the Lord. And those who choose to walk by these values are richly rewarded, not only in this life, but also in that which is to come. And finally, 42 years have come and gone when I've opened my heart to the Lord and I received His Lordship. Not just His salvation, but His Lordship. And all I am today, and all that I have, including my wife, who's sitting here, of 43 years of marriage, my children, we have three wonderful children, they all serve the Lord, and five beautiful grandchildren came out of being faithful to the Lord and obedient to His Word. And I'm not talking just my obedience, but my wife's obedience too. She was not called into the ministry like I am, but she was called to be my helper. And what a wonderful helper she has been and she is for 43 long years. When the Lord found me in the gutter and washed me from my sins, He gave me one instruction right after I was born again. That very night, one instruction. He said, listen, because I ran away from my wife when she was pregnant, never intending to go back. We need some testimonies today, folks, of marriages being restored, not broken of lives being restored, not broken. You know, when you're a pastor and you deal with people and you, and you see all of the suffering, all of the brokenness of people, even people in the church, you start to wonder, Lord, are you out there? What's going on? We need some healthy, restored lives. We need some healthy, restored marriages. He said, return to your wife whom you have abandoned and left pregnant and I will be with you and I will bless you. Now, 
I heard these words in my spirit. I didn't know the Bible then, like I do today. In fact, by that time, I never read the Bible. But the Spirit of God came into me and whispered these words to me. And later, months later, I found the Scripture that said just that. Isn't that amazing? Luke chapter 8, verse 39. Jesus said to this man whom he had delivered from the legion, Return to thine own house and show how great things God hath done unto thee. He said, show them. Don't just tell them. Show them what God has done. Well, I did go back. And I did show. And my wife was sitting there today. In the beginning, she didn't believe I changed. She watched me. My father-in-law said, don't take this rebel back. He will only cause you more hurt and more grief than you have experienced. But she said, he's my husband. For better, for worse. I will receive him. She disobeyed her father and mother and obeyed the Lord. And today, we are here after 43 years. If God can take me, my wife often calls me a peasant. <laughs> I come from a village that is hardly known, uneducated. You know what my education is? I only finished standard six. And if God take, can take a peasant, uneducated young man and turn him into a vessel of righteousness and bless many, how much more will he do for you? Be faithful. Be obedient. For God will always reward faithfulness and obedience to him. Stay true to your word. Stay true to your family, to your spouse. Stay true to the church that God has called you to be part of. Support that church. Get involved. Be faithful in doing what God has instructed you. And I say this to you, great will be your reward. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at Alpha Omega INT. Dot org dot ZA.